Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I don't ever get over the feeling that this is a privilege. This is a privilege to be in the house of the Lord. And I, I don't want to ever take for granted what God does in our life by just allowing us to be here. Seven plus billion people in the world, and he's give you and I the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I'm thankful for that. We ought to give him a hand clap for what he does in our life. Let's sing this old hymn together. Amazing grace, how say Oh. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the privilege. Thank you for your grace. If you would stand across the house, we'll go to the Lord in prayer. My text this evening is going to be a bit lengthy, so we'll pray over the word and you can be seated. How many come with an open heart and open ears ready to receive the word of God? Let's remember our pastor who's not doing well, needs our prayer. Brother Rayleigh also is sick this evening, so let's continue to pray for them and any others that we see. We've got quite a few absences tonight, so let's hold them up in prayer. Father, I love you, and I'm so thankful to be in this place on this night. I'm thankful for the Spirit of God that we have already felt in this house. And I'm asking as we move into your word, Lord, that you open our hearts and our minds to receive what you would speak into our life tonight. I thank you for your goodness and mercy. And God, I thank you for what you do for us. In Jesus' name, before you're seated, turn to your neighbor and tell them they make church better. Praise God, you can be seated. I really feel like that's the truth. Wouldn't be much fun if it was just me here. All of you make it better. We're going to visit a familiar passage of Scripture this evening, and because it's familiarity, it's so easy to kind of discount and discard, but if you would just stay with me for a little while, I just want to draw some points and some and some things from this subject this evening that I believe that can get lost from time to time, and we just need a reminder. And we'll go to the book of Genesis, chapter 37. And like I say, we'll visit the familiar story of of Joseph. It's one that I never get tired of reading, and it's one that I can always go to and find something that will encourage me and give me strength. And I pray tonight, that has been my prayer this afternoon, that this would be a... Uh, an encourager to all of us this evening. The book of Genesis chapter 37, and we'll begin reading. We're going to pick up on the story here, uh, kind of midstream, but we're going, we all know what is taking place here. Joseph has been sent off by Israel, his father, to to go check on the brothers and where they might be, and Joseph seeks advice from a man who knows where they're at, and we'll, we'll pick up in verse 18. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. If I could pause right there. You know, sometimes we're so intimidated to really dream. And when I'm talking about dreaming, I'm talking about experiencing what God has in store for us because we're so afraid of what those around us may think or may do. And many times we miss out on an opportunity that God puts in our life because we're hesitant to take a step or to take a chance at what God has laid before us. They said, Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. 
And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness. Lay no hand upon him, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. And it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty and there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes, and they looked, and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels, bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hands be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his brethren were content. Then there passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. I know this evening that this reading has been a little bit lengthy, but I wanted to to remind us of the story, for those who haven't read it perhaps recently, of what transpired in Joseph's life. Here he has been sent to check upon his brothers, and he is uh, on a mission, if, if I might say, for his father, and uh, we, we know in previous reading at the beginning of the chapter where God has given him some dreams. God has shared some things with Joseph that he was going to do in his life. So I have to imagine as Joseph is traveling to, to find his brethren to, to see how they are doing, this has been a reminder in his mind, these dreams that God has given him. Um, you know, in our life, perhaps if you're going on vacation and you set a date, I know for us, uh, my wife has a 365-day countdown for vacation. You know, she's anticipating vacation. And and in life, sometimes we have things that we're excited about and we anticipate what's going to happen in the future. And I've got to believe tonight that as Joseph made this journey, he was excited about what God was going to do in his life. You know, in this life, our life, how we handle adversity says a great deal about our maturity as apostolic men and women. It is important to develop a pattern of accepting something. Sometimes we want to take things and just because, you know, the world has a concept. Let me say this. The world has a concept that if it feels good, just do it. The consequences doesn't really matter. The outcome doesn't matter. Who I affect doesn't matter. But if this feels good to me, let's just do it. And some may say, well, if it feels bad, then it's automatically bad. You know, sometimes uh, if if you're accustomed to maybe exercising, if you walk or perhaps use weights or fitness equipment, it feels bad the next day or the day after when it hurts. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. It, it does feel bad physically, but what we are doing is giving us strength and bringing strength into our life and bettering ourselves for a little bit of pain and endurance that we go through. And sometimes in our spiritual walk, we've got to experience some things that hurt a little bit. They bring a little bit of pain, but the outcome will be a positive one. As the children, as children of God, we've got to trust that his knowledge 
will find peace in the reality of our life. In other words, even though what I'm going through right now is a real struggle, perhaps I'm, you or I are facing something that we don't have all the answers to, we've got to have enough faith in this God we serve to know that he's going to work it out for our good. You know, it's very easy to live high on the mountain and be smiling all the time and trust in God. But when we're in the valley, sometimes we want to turn around and ask God, where are you? Why have you placed me here? And what is really going on here? Sometimes God's purpose is a very difficult road. Sometimes he expects us to make some journeys that are not so fun and they're not so pleasing. But if we're going to be what God has called us to be, if we're going to experience the dreams that God has given us, we're going to have to take some steps of faith and walk in faith. We're going to have to make a journey where we have no idea what is going to take place, but we're going to put our faith in God and trust that he's going to lead us. When we consider Joseph at this point in his life, we can't help but feel compassion for someone whose life has been changed by the deeds of others. One moment he was living in a family with a father who adored him, but his brother's actions turned his world upside down. And if I may say so this evening, we as the church must recognize when people come through those doors, they have perhaps been through things and experienced things and are dealing with things in their life that they had no control over. We have babies in this day and age being born to addicts who have difficulties in life that, that they have no control over. We have people, men and women, who have been perhaps abused or, or mishandled or mistreated in life, and they have no control over what was done to them. And so for us to... For us as a church, we've got to recognize when there's special needs, and I, I use that term carefully, but we've got to recognize when there's special needs that comes through the doors of the church and not be so harsh to judgment about what people have experienced. It's not for us to decide what's wrong with people. God will handle that. It, it's up to us to, to pick them up and let's, let's come alongside of them and take them on with us. I can't even begin to imagine how Joseph must have felt while being taken off to Egypt. The, the stage was perfectly set for depression and despair. He was sold as a common slave. And Joseph went, let me remind us today that Israel, Jacob was a very, very rich and powerful man. When Joseph was born, so to speak, uh, he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. If he wanted it, it was there. He was doing very well in life and had a good family. And here he's snatched from this proverbial pedestal and he's placed into slavery. And he's went from being the son of a wealthy man to the slave of a powerful man. And I've something just always stirs in me when I read this story and I have to believe that when God gave the vision to Joseph, I don't believe that God allowed him to see the pit. I don't believe that God allowed him to see uh, the betrayal of his brothers. I believe God gave him the vision that we read about and these other things that transpire in this story, Joseph had to, he had to live them out. He had to firsthand experience what was happening in his life. It was in the first stages of his journey that he began to realize his destiny. And as we look at the life of Joseph, 
we can use this as an example to search our own soul in a time of crisis. What does it really mean to walk with God in faith? I said earlier that it's very easy to pronounce faith when things are going okay. But see, truthfully in this house, and I say this respectfully, we really don't understand the full capacity of what it means to really walk in faith and trust in God. All of us here in this house will get up in the morning with food in the cupboard and clothes on the rack. We don't know what it's like to have to depend on God every morning to to pour the manna out, to make our clothes as he did for the children of Israel last for 40 years. We don't really understand fully what it means to walk in faith with God. But I believe with the help of Joseph in this story tonight, we can gain a better understanding. Obviously, it means far more than most of us realize. It means holding to the belief of God's higher purpose in our life. And sometimes when you talk about purpose or ministry or calling, people tend to get shaken up and and and, and don't really understand what God wants for them. And I've always thought of it this way. This is just a general rule that I that I try to follow. I may not fully understand God's plan for my life. And I may not understand some of the, the roads he takes me down. But I, this one thing that I do know, if I will keep him first, if I will keep him the priority, whatever plan he lays before me, it's going to be all right. And it will be his plan and it will be anointed because he's the one that placed me there. See, God sees much more than we do. If you've ever flown in an airplane and you've been 30,000 feet plus in the air, you can look out the window and perhaps you can, you can see a body of water, but you can't see the fish swimming in that body of water. Perhaps you see a a grove of trees, but you can't see the oranges hanging from the trees. But see, in God's vision, in his view, when he, if I may say this, when he peers down from heaven and looks over our life, he sees every intricate detail. He sees everything that takes place. The little things really, really matter to God. The songwriter said that he even sees the sparrow when he falls. Joseph's life took yet another turn. His schedule and activities were determined by someone who had no interest in him personally. Now that's very familiar for us because most of us in here, there are a few exceptions. I know there's some in the house with plenty of money and has never had to work, but for the most part, we're just working people. And our activity and our schedule revolves around a job. And somewhere in all that picture, we try to squeeze church in. And I'm not discounting the responsibility as a, as a family or as a group um, to, to work and provide. Don't misunderstand me this evening. But we've got to understand if we're really going to walk in faith, at some point in our life, this church, God, has to be everything. And then we'll work these other things around this. This 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 is never going to work and we're never going to have the relationship that God designed for us if this is not everything 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 in our life god is god is never silent 
I get frustrated sometimes. Um, we, we may not hear him. Let me, let me back up there a minute. We may not hear God, but God is always speaking. God is always moving. Sometimes I get so frustrated and, um, don't cast stones at me this evening, but sometimes I get so frustrated when I pray for something and I pray and pray and pray and I, 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 it never takes place or God never works it out like I want it worked out. Has anybody ever experienced that? <laughs> you know, t- today I was, we was bailing some hay and a big cloud come up and I said, now, Lord, you know we got men's conference to this weekend and I got to get this up where this can be off our mind. We can... We can be done. I said, I'm asking you, God, move this. Let this go around. And lo and behold, that cloud began to break. And one half went to Brantford. Another half went to Bell. But you know, in my spiritual carnality, when it was all done with and I was finished, and I looked around, I said, now, God, you move that cloud. Why, why this situation that I've been praying about so long? Why haven't you done something about this? And I believe that God is trying to express to us today in this last, in these last days that we're going to have to walk in faith sometimes. Sometimes he's not going to let us in on the intricate details of what's really taking place. God, uh, my impatience does not move God. Um, my my attitude or whatever you want to call it does not make him speed up or hurry up or try to do things on my time. But God takes care of it in his time. And if we can recognize and understand that if we will be patient, and that's a very difficult thing for some of us, especially me. I I, I pray every day for patience, but we've got to understand that he's busy while we're slumbering. He's into he's into this thing while we're we're really not walking with him. Perhaps we're struggling or perhaps we're falling behind. God's still engaged and he's still he's still hanging into the situation when we're ready to pull the plug. The psalmist said this in one twenty one He who watches over you will not sleep. Indeed he who watches over you will not slumber Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. This is a God who moves outside of our vision and occupies himself with our daily life. Now, let me back up and say that again. This is a God that occupies himself, the King of kings, the Lord of lords who sits on the throne, occupies himself with my daily life in your daily life. We ought to be thankful that a God loves us enough to make sure that everything in our life he's watching over for. His eyes peer into what we can't see and his his hands, they they think and they plan and they shape and he controls and he, he watches and he feels and he acts while perhaps I'm a little bit spiritually unconscious. He's, he's still on the scene. He's working the night shift when, when I'm sleeping and being lazy. His interest in me never diminishes. He is busy on my behalf even when I'm, when I'm not even aware of it, even when, when I am doing absolutely nothing for God. He's still on my side. And when it comes to your life and my life, he never stops 
observing. He never stops giving, directing, guarding, or planning. Even even when, when we want to work it out on our own, God still is there waiting patiently. So when you give up and turn this over to me, I'm going to take care of this for you. God works in all circumstances and the most impossible situations are God's best occasions for his miracles. Nothing intimidates him. You you can shut the door on hope. You can drown your dreams in bitter tears of disappointment. God will raise them to life. You can you can raise the flag of defeat. You can pretend it's all over and you can watch God time after time restore and renew and revitalize his purpose in our life. It's God at work in those silent moments. It is God that turns the pages of history. And when you think it's over, when you've done all you can do, and I'll reflect to my title this evening, just be faithful. When everything ain't going right and you're tired, come on to church and be faithful. When, 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 when the economy's down and, and things things, the, the pocketbook's not as full as it normally is, just just be faithful. Just keep giving. Be faithful to God, and He will in turn be faithful to us. The Chinese bamboo tree has no growth for four years. However, in the fifth year, it shoots up in the air to enormous heights. And the same can be true in mine and your life as Christians. Sometimes it feels like there is no growth that we can't get to that pinnacle that we see, that dream that God has given us. We can't achieve that, and there's been no growth, and it's so easy to get discouraged. And that's when the enemy slips in and begins to tell us those lies that God can't use us. We're, We're inadequate. We don't have exactly what it takes to do what he's called us to do. But if I could remind us today of Joseph, again, I'll back up and say he... God didn't show him the pit. I don't believe that God showed him Potiphar. Brother Gibson, I don't believe he showed him the two years in the dungeon. I believe that those are things that Joseph had to live out in his life and experience. You and I have the luxury this evening of reading the story and we know what transpires. But the the point of history that I'm talking about took approximately 17 years to play out in Joseph's life. It would have been so easy just to, to give up and say, God has left me. God has abandoned me. But I just want to remind us tonight that even though disappointment and negative circumstances are real, we can survive them. We can survive them. I said a couple of weeks ago, there have been seasons in my life where I could not defeat the devil but we can outlast him and we can survive what he brings against us. Amen. Nothing, nothing that transpires in our lives today, if there would be a book displayed here of each and every one of our lives, nothing that transpires in our life today will be in the final chapter because God hasn't wrote the final chapter and things today that really that really get to us or really maybe bother us, 
when we get 5, 10, 15 years down the road, it's those things will be so minuscule and won't really, won't really matter at all because God has moved us past that point. God has ordained our life and he's ordained the life of this church for another dimension. I think Brother Chris spoke of this recently. What he's needing us to do as individuals and as a church now more than ever, ladies and gentlemen, is to reach harder than we've ever reached in our life. We've got to pray more. We've got to fast more. We've got to be in the Word more. That is the only thing. That is the only thing that is going to bring us through what is coming. I'm not up here tonight to uh, those of you who know me know I'm not a doom and gloom kind of feller. Uh, I believe me and Brother Allen was talking about recently. There are times coming that is going to test our faith. Don't think that we are any different than these heroes in the Bible. Don't think that we are any different than those that have come along before us. We're going to face persecution. We're going to have to face some trials. And if we won't be faithful now, we won't be faithful then. It's now. It's now we've got to hold up and press. It's never over until God says it's over. His purpose is higher. And as we contemplate the struggles of Joseph, we've got to remind ourselves that he, again, he didn't know what we knew. He, he, didn't, he didn't see all the things that God was going to place in his life, but he did not let them bog him down. What Joseph done was even through controversy, even amidst trial, even amidst turmoil, Joseph stayed faithful. Joseph stayed faithful. Like you and I, Joseph was a man with destiny. Even Potiphar noticed it. And we can learn from Scripture that if we live in obedience to God, in full obedience, we are examples to those who we interact with every day. Even in the midst of slavery, Joseph had an impact on everyone around him. You and I have the great responsibility and opportunity to impact everyone we come in touch with. You don't have to stand behind this desk. You don't have to hold a microphone. You don't have to play an instrument. But if you can be real and you can be faithful, that's what the world is hungry for. Why do you think so many people are addicts and and hung up on things and and addicted to things and chase through life looking for pleasure? Because there's something inside. There's There's that hole in our heart. There's that void. There's that empty place that only one thing can satisfy, only one thing can fill, and that's the Holy Ghost. We have that today, and we we must we must let that shine. That's why Matthew said in chapter five, uh, verse fourteen, "You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill and cannot be healed. Neither do men light a candle, put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house." I said Sunday at our prison service that people ought to see a difference in us. I'm going to say this very respectfully, but if people if people don't see a difference in you and I when we enter a place, we better get back to the altar because there, there's something supposed to be different. 
Now, I'm not saying we're exempt from bad days, but but we've got to wipe them bad days off and present ourselves. I'm not talking about being a fake, but I'm talking about letting the light of God shine through us. We've got a tendency sometimes to to look for a, a awe or a shock or a wonder in our experience. You know, we we want God to do things so miraculously and cannons and gunfire to go off. And it's it's one thing to go through crisis with a smile, but it's another thing to go through a crisis every day glorifying God when there is no witness, no limelight, nobody to see me in my struggle, just me and him. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters anyway because he knows me. He knows me. As our musicians come, Joseph did not allow the tremendous weight of the life's, of his life circumstances to overwhelm him to the point of despair. Knocked down? Yes. Experienced some difficult times? Yes. But he was faithful. He stayed faithful to God. The crushing weight of stress and negative events, negative events can can almost tip our boat over. And unless we stay focused on God and his enabling strength, because I will make you, I'm not going to make you a promise, but the word of God makes a promise that in these last days, if you don't have this truth, you will perish. We, we're not going to be able to make it without truth. It's the truth that's going to separate. It's the truth that will bring persecution. And it's the name. It's the name that's going to bring things into our life. And if we're not faithful, if we're not faithful, we're not going to make it. Joseph had every reason to be bitter and discouraged. He could have been angry and no one, no one would have, would have wondered why, because it was obvious his dreams had been stripped from him without cause, yet in slavery, far from home, when he could do nothing else, when he could do nothing else, Joseph was faithful. Joseph was faithful. And there are, there are individuals in this house tonight who has been wronged. You've been cheated. You've been lied to. And you have every right in all accounts, to be bitter and upset at those who may have hurt you. But can I tell you this evening, bitterness, bitterness will destroy us. Bitterness will eat at us. And if we will just stay faithful, God will see us through. Joseph never adopted the victim mentality. And I I say this respectfully, but that is so prevalent today in our church. We are so quick to look for someone to blame um, or something other than ourselves to blame. We, we see ourselves as victim uh, to the point of a collapse of our dreams and desires. Because I was wrong, because, because I'm the victim, I can't continue on pursuing the will of God for my life. It just, it just won't work. Can I tell you that all blame, all blame is a waste of time. No matter how much fault you find with someone else or some other situation, regardless of how much you blame them, it will not change you. The only thing it's going to do is keep your focus off of God. The only thing it's going to do is keep your focus off 
God's desire and plan for your life. We may succeed. You might be successful in making somebody feel guilty about something for blaming them, but you won't succeed in changing whatever it was you thought. It'll never, ever make us happy. As we stand across this house this evening, we've got to walk the walk of faith. And there will come times, there's going to come times, uh, if you haven't faced those times yet, you hang on, because they're coming. But if I could just leave us with one thought tonight, when hard times come, when things come into our life, crises and circumstances that we have no control over. Can we remind ourselves today of Joseph and and just be faithful? Just be faithful and allow God to work His plan out for our life. Can we lift our hands across this house and ask Him tonight for the strength to give us that faith? To give us that faith. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Jesus. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.